Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Happy New Year! It's 2015, and many of us are making resolutions. But how can you make something like that stick? If it's working on your diet or trying to do more exercise, what is the most effective way to go from having a thought to creating it into an intention to making it actually happen? Well, one of the first things we want to try and prevent is heart disease, since it's the most common cause of death in the United States. So today is the first of our three-part series for the new year on how to work with diet and exercise and lifestyle for a healthy 2015. Now, today we have preventative cardiologist Dr. Roger White, author of several books. We had him on a couple of years ago talking about his book, Soar. And now he has a new book out, Slimming with Daniel. He's in the studio, and we're also going to talk about some papers that he's published talking about whether or not it's diet, exercise, or maybe a combination of both that really have a long-term effect on reducing the risks for cardiovascular disease. He's going to be here ready to answer any questions that you may have if you've got concerns about health and what to do regarding diet, exercise, or what your cardiac risks and your heart risks might be. We're going to be here for the hour. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Dr. White, welcome back to The Body Show. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's a, a pleasure to be here. It's a real honor and a great way to start the year. And also, I'd like to encourage people during the call-in period not to just call in with questions, but if they can call in to... Uh, tell us their own personal stories about something that they've done in the past where they've changed from an unwellness area to being well, either through diet and exercise. So we get an idea of what's actually working for people. Well, sure, and how they made it stick. I mean, all the time we talk about, hey, you know what, this is the year, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to do this, I'm going to run the marathon, I'm going to do all these activities, and yet the year goes by and we go, what happened? How did the year go? Where did 2014 go? So we're going to talk a little bit about some of these principles. It's the beginning of the year, we all have good intentions, and how do we turn that into action? So let's talk a little bit uh, a little bit first about the book that you just wrote. You wrote this book, Slimming with Daniel. And we were just talking about who is Daniel and, and what sort of wisdom have we found throughout the ages that actually makes a lot of sense that maybe we've kind of moved away from in our sort of pre-packaged process, make me fast food, get it done immediately society because I'm so busy, I have other things to do, you know. So if we take a step back and look at what some people may call ancient wisdom, what did we learn, and and why is this important today? I actually became interested in this a uh, few years ago uh, because I've been involved a lot with diet, obviously, as a cardiologist, always advising the low-fat diet, and then there's all these spins on it with the South Beach diet and the 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 low carb diet, the the low fat diet, the the, the high I carb, can't find da, what da, to da, eat da, diet, da. right? What, right. Uh, what's and so, left? Um, almost all these diets will work on the short term. Everybody loses weight, but on the long term, most of them fail, and it's 
it's a matter of not being sustainable. And I think diets in general are deprivation. And so you're telling the body to deprive itself rather than giving positive signals. And I read about uh, in a magazine something called the Daniel Diet. Uh, this was about three or four years ago. And it had to do with a minister in California. Uh, his name is Rick Warren, very well known. And he himself was overweight, and he was reading the Bible. And right in the first uh, chapter of the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, he read about Daniel. And basically, Daniel was a young Israeli after Israel had been sacked, and he was taken to Babylon, Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel and his friends were imprisoned uh, because they were to serve the king. They were kind of special elite. Uh, they were the, the bright ones. And Daniel had a special skill of interpreting dreams, so that's why he was considered valuable. But while Daniel was in prison, he had a diet of vegetables and water. And that the king wanted to um, keep the young Israelis uh, well. So he said, well, I'll give th the, um, Daniel and his uh, fellow colleagues the same as what the king eats, the king's diet. And Daniel said, no, 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 I'm just going to stick to my vegetables and water because I don't want to defile my body. And, and basically what happened then in the story was that uh, the guard said, well, you know, the king has told me that, you know, I got to give you the king's food to keep you healthy. And I'm going to be in trouble if I just give you vegetables. And Daniel says, well, I'll tell you what, and this is kind of the first controlled medical study and about 4,000 years ago. He says, you give the king's food to the guards and let me and my guys just continue to eat vegetables and water. And after the end of 10 days, we'll see who looks better. So at the end of 10 days, eating vegetables and water, they looked better than the guards who were eating the rich king's food. And so, you know, there's a lot of implications in this about purity and spirituality and so forth, but Rick Warren took this to say, well, you know, he himself was overweight, and he decided to go on a diet of vegetables and water for 10 days to experience this, to see if he would get better, and he felt better. So then he expanded a whole program around this because he noticed um, there were several people in his church that were having weight problems. So they formed support groups and used this story as the basic uh, feed-in to their program. And, um, you know, collectively— there were thousands of people losing hundreds of thousands of pounds in weight. And through um, this kind of simple approach, 
they were actually getting results. And as a cardiologist kind of looking from the outside in, I'm always interested in something that works because I have spoken for 40 years on, well, eat less fat, exercise, doing all the traditional things. And, you know, that just if you can, looking at this simple Daniel diet of eating more vegetables and water uh, and avoiding rich food and exercising just a little bit, I was amazed at how people would really buy into something like that. In fact, I was really quite surprised. So, you know, as a cardiologist, I kind of cautiously took a risk and started kind of recommending this. And this is what the book is about. And just follow two patients, a man and a woman. And uh, by following the Daniel diet for 40 days, they really got a good result. And the thing was, they weren't cured in 40 days. Nobody's ever cured. And I think I, I can talk more about curing and the fact that curing is something we, we really shouldn't focus on. We need to focus on wellness. And so, um, you know, having said that, I, I think that the, the Daniel diet can serve as a focus for 40 days of experience. And when you experience something, you know, particularly today where food is such a temptation and readily available, to stick to a very simple diet, um, you're, what you're basically doing is getting away from the norm and developing a, a new separate identity. Well, and I think there's several elements that what you mentioned, which I think really hit on some things we know in medicine. So when you think about, quote, the rich man's diet, you know, the diet of kings, you know, it immediately, I, I feel like... I, get this word in my head, gout, because we've all kind of heard about, you know, King Henry VIII and people who have had gout because they've eaten a lot of foods that previously cost a lot of money. Nowadays, it's kind of interesting because when you talk about trying to find food that is inexpensive, it's actually almost easier to find cheap foods that are not good for you than to find cheaper foods that are healthy. So we've kind of taken this 180-degree twist from let's eat a lot of meat and let's eat a lot of foods that maybe have not been as healthy in the past, and now let's go ahead and let's focus on vegetables, let's focus on water, let's try and move away from processed foods. And yet, in effect, sometimes those things cost even more. You go to a grocery store, you want to buy enough vegetables, you want to buy enough fresh fruits, and it's a lot more expensive than going through drive through at McDonald's and getting a burger and fries. You know, the, it's a real interesting point because that was one of the big criticisms of Dr. Agustin's uh, South Beach diet because the criticism was to eat healthy is expensive, to buy organic fruits and vegetables and to actually have healthy food rather than processed food is much more expensive. Well, it's a no-brainer that that uh, what is less expensive on the short term is much, much more expensive on the long term with 
diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, and all the downside of just unwellness and not feeling well. Well, and it kind of gets to what you're describing, which is how does everybody feel? So we just had the holidays. A lot of times people have a lot of parties, a lot of functions. There's a lot of delicious food. Everybody wants to try a little bit here and there. And yet after holidays, a lot of people will come in and say, oh, I just feel like I have no energy. I don't feel like I have that get up and go. I want to make exercise my resolution this year, but I just feel so sluggish. I saw somebody today who said, you know, I'm I'm 69. I don't feel like I should be so tired all the time. I know I just spent the last four weeks indulging. How do I get my energy back? And no connection made between they just spent four weeks not following their usual diet, their exercise, their activities, and now they don't feel well. I mean, there was literally no no acknowledgement that those two things were connected. Do you think a lot of times it's just easier to choose a quick, easy option? Are we letting stress get so significant in our lives that, that it's becoming too much about the short term and not about the long term? I think stress is... is the great frontier that of of medicine. Um, well, we haven't crossed it yet. I haven't found no, the solution to stress, I'll no, tell you. No, But, you know, I must say that, you know, when I was doing clinical cardiology, I was under a lot of stress all the time. And trying to manage a clinical practice, trying to raise a teenage daughter, just trying to to be you know, get through an office full of patients and still have some energy at night to be pleasant. Um, I found difficult. And and I, I know that stress took its toll physically on me. And uh, this is, you know, one of the th- things that I found personally really helpful was to actually exercise because it was just and that's actually when I when I took up running after work and would run from Straub Hospital down to Ala Moana Beach and then back. And you were literally running from your job. Yeah. Literally. And but it was the key was it was an experience because when you're feeling stress, you I, I find I can't talk myself out of being unstressful. I need to do something. And and it's hard, you know, for me to even think good thoughts. And so I personally kind of need to do the physical before I can get into the mind relaxation of getting back to thinking about good thoughts. So, you know, that was one of the ways that I personally dealt with stress was sign out to my partners and and go for a run and I had never really done much of that at all and and I I found that the experience I felt better. So it was that sense of feeling better, feeling positive, mm-hmm. getting that the endorphins people get when they're running, when they're exercising. That's what made you kept going. Absolutely. And and you know getting back to the Daniel diet is that the thing that interests me the most about the Daniel diet is that I'm not really interested in the diet at all. I'm interested in the experience of having somebody go through something 
that's different from the norm of what they're doing so they can feel different and kind of get a heightened awareness from that so that they know after doing it for 40 days where they can go with intention, how they want to lead their lives. And you only do this through experience rather than intellectually just thinking about it. So really the idea of committing to doing this for whether it be 10 days, 30 days, 40 days, Mm -hmm. 60 days, whatever it is, not necessarily focusing on the end date, but understanding what it means every day to do what you alluded to earlier, which is kind of create a different identity. I mean, we all fall into these patterns where we kind of go to work and we do our job and we quick eat lunch and then we go home after work and we quick do other things at home and we go to sleep and we get up and do it all over again. We've established these patterns that we kind of have to shift. Well, it's also interesting is, is that, you know, I read about a statistic today is that 50% of what we do, we we never even think about every day. We just do it as part of a routine. In other words, 50% of our waking hours, we are reacting in a trance, basically. And that includes not only our, you know, it includes, and all of our behaviors, which are relate also to exercise and eating, are things that you have to do whether you're healthy or sick. And, and, and yet 50% of the time, we're not even thinking about what we're eating, how we're moving, what our choices are. We're just sticking to the norm. And to break those patterns is tremendously hard. And that's why I'm not a real, really big fan of diets per se, because diets give you a kickstart right away. And there's a lot of enthusiasm. There's the initial weight loss. Um, But then as the body adjusts and the weight loss is less and you know, it's the diet becomes deprivational, and then you start breaking the diet, and then you start regaining the weight. There's depression, loss of self-esteem, and you feel a failure. And then you go into this trance and wait till next January until the next new diet comes along. So to me, it's kind of, you know, it's more when of a I, lifestyle, I right. think. And when I say the 40 days of doing an experience, that's just the first 40 days of the next 40 days and the 40 days after that, which is the rest of your life. It's, it's trying to, to use some ancient wisdom to feel and experience, to know where you really want to go so that... You don't become defined by an illness, like I am a diabetic, I have high blood pressure, I'm overweight. Those things don't define you. And, and we're very guilty of that as physicians, as uh, saying, well, um, 
Yes, uh, this is the, the diabetic coming in today, and this is the person with heart disease, and that's that's the person with cancer. They're still Joe or Jill or Sam, and and so I don't think that illness should define a person. And well, I would agree to that. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Roger White, author of a brand new book, Slimming with Daniel. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how should someone define themselves and how can we work on trying to prevent heart disease? Can it be reversed? Is there something that people can set up an intention to do and achieve it by looking at lifestyle changes, not just January to February, 40 days? We'll be right back after this quick break. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Stay with us. Serving meals from every nation in the world can be a real education for your family. My husband, when I met him, had never had fresh spinach. He had no idea what an eggplant was. And get acquainted with Africa to see for yourself why colonial boundaries don't really work. They're not really nations, they're states. And there's no kind of sense of national identities. On the next Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday at 4 p.m. following Fresh Air. She leaned lightly on his arm, as lightly as when she had danced with him a few hours before. He had felt proud and happy then. Husband and Wife, this week on Selected Shorts, from PRI, Public Radio International. Tuesday at 5 p.m., following Travel with Rick Steves. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Whole Foods Market Hawaii, Ferraro Choi, and Ulupono Initiative. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with preventative cardiologist Dr. Roger White. And today we're talking about how to set a goal in in focusing on your diet, your exercise, your lifestyle, and more, and how to create an intention to make sure that that goal turns into action. Now, right before the break, we were talking about various, the latest diet in vogue. What's the perfect diet? There really probably isn't one. But what are the perfect ways to approach your lifestyle so that you can align more carefully with how you can feel the best physically? And you know, part of that relates to, you mentioned, Dr. White, that as physicians, we're guilty. Well, we're guilty of a lot of things, but this one we're guilty of. I'll, I'll give you that. I, you know, the person who comes in who we yeah. classify as, that's the guy with diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I did it myself all during my career. Well, sure. So let's talk about the guy. Let's 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 call him Daniel. Let's just pick a name and title of your book. So Daniel's the guy with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. Can Daniel reverse his course? Is it possible to reverse heart disease based on focusing on your other metabolic parameters? Absolutely. You know that we as physicians tend to focus on medications and procedures and urgency, but you know, the reversibility of heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, 
is is it's possible. Very, it's possible. In fact, I would I would say that it's achievable. Uh, probably seventy five percent of the time, and yet you know I think people themselves kind of want sh- shortcuts. Well, or even, you know, and here's the medical profession being guilty. So here we are saying, okay, we have to fix Daniel's diabetes, mm-hmm. keep his blood pressure below a certain level, keep his cholesterol below a certain LDL level, a bad cholesterol level. There's a lot of science to say we have to do all these things and put Daniel on all these pills. Then Daniel leaves the office and now he's on a lot of medicine. Yeah. And yet now the medicine is what's going to cure his illnesses or so he thinks, but it's not really changing his lifestyle and maybe he's relying on pills now. Now, there's a lot of folks out there who would love to hear that they could get off of their medicine. And I'm certainly not suggesting anybody should stop their pills. But I do think that if you have heart disease or if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, overweight, etc., there is always a role for adjusting your lifestyle to try and treat those illnesses to maybe require less medicine if possible. Do you think that's a realistic goal? Absolutely. Let me give a very quick story about a real person that's very recent in my uh, mind, and his name is Brian, and he's my brother-in-law. Hope you're listening, Brian. We're talking about you. And he's uh, 65. He's a retired paramedic from England. And uh, a few years ago, he had a stroke. He has high blood pressure. He's he's about five foot seven, and he was up to about two hundred and thirty pounds. Definitely had a a BMI of of over thirty. That body mass index that's a marker for weight and height and things like that. Could only walk about a hundred yards before he was short of breath. He's had back surgery, hip surgery, and he had depression. And um, his older brother died last year, and he was at the funeral. And he was looking at things and his own status. And It's kind of a shocker. You lose a sibling, yeah. and you look at your life and say, boy, yeah. am I next, really? He had to be thinking that. Absolutely. And so he wrote to myself and my wife and said, well, I'd really like to come to Hawaii, and I'd like to lose weight and I'd like to be healthy. And I want you to put me on a program. I'm desperate. I want to do whatever it takes. So he came, and we said, well, we don't really have a program. Um, I gave him the uh, the, the book, uh, Salimian with Daniel, that was just about to be published. I said, well, just read through this. And I gave it to him in a very non-judgmental way. And I said, we're not going to really have a program, but you just, you will eat whatever my wife Annie and I eat, and we'll just kind of do the same thing. When we go for a walk or stuff, we'll provide you with opportunities. Yeah, so come along, Brian. Let's go. We're going for a walk, and we're eating our vegetables, and okay. the, you know, the first couple weeks was hard for him, but he got into the routine, And then he started to really look forward to healthy eating. And uh, I also told him not even to step on the scale. 
to focus on fitness, not losing weight, and focus on how you feel. Yeah. The yeah. energy you get right. when you're out there and exercising. People get obsessed with, I got to lose this weight. And I said, we're not even going to look at the weight. He came to us being on eight medications. For well, what kinds of problems? High blood pressure, uh, uh, depression, high cholesterol, um, high blood sugar, you know, the gamut. Okay. Um, he himself stopped all of his medications. He's a paramedic. He knows a lot about things. We, we kept an eye on his parameters, his blood pressure and stuff. And just with a simple diet of basically a, a plant-based diet, water, and regular exercise, and, and basically he was eating as much as he wanted. And we concentrated on food that was uh, low-density calories, vegetables, so, rather than high-density, which is fat and oils. So you're talking about, like, have some lettuce, have some right. tomatoes, have some carrots, have some cucumbers, fill up on green peppers, bring it on. Right. Fill up on vegetables first. Okay. That's, that's the key thing. Have as, you know, this, this has been the same thing with the tried-and-true program of Weight Watchers for the past 50 years. Fill up on the low-density food first to satisfy your hunger. And stay away from the, the foods that are uh, high-density in calories, like sodas, fruit juice, alcohol, pastries. You know, we, we all know what they are. And so he did this, and basically he, uh, he did end up losing a significant amount of weight. Uh, he lost over 40 pounds in one month, which was kind of a surprise because he wasn't really dieting. He was just following what we do. And he's continued on the program and that he himself has done because he feels better. And he has developed his own ritual. He's not following uh, a strict diet, but he's kind of learned and experienced what is working. He's off medications. He's traveling around the world. He's, uh, he's really slimmed down, and he's more energetic, whereby he was just in New Zealand walking up the mountains, walking trails. And so his, his high blood pressure was reversed. His orthopedic problems were reversed. His obesity was reversed. You know, I didn't do a coronary angiogram on him, but I, there's no doubt in my mind that from research stuff that I've done previously with angiography and coronary calcium CT scanning, I'm sure his atherosclerosis was reversed too. And he's experienced something. And because he's experienced something and he's bought into it, He's developed the intention to keep up with it. Well, and I think once he got that sensation of well-being, mm -hmm. that's something that it's hard to describe. You know, you can have somebody tell you how good it would feel, but until you feel it, it's, that's, that's a tough one to that, try I, and put in words. Absolutely. You can't tell somebody about wellness 
they have to feel it. And that's the key with following any type of a program, which I guess it sounds like he was expecting, hey, you've got this program. This is what you do. He'll step into your program. But what it took was him actually developing his own, which now he has what he wants and he's going to keep doing it. That is my own personal core belief is that people have to develop what's right for them. And also, we're so obsessed with losing weight in our society. And I think that's the wrong thing to focus on. I think we need to focus on fitness. Uh, That if you're fit and well, your body will find the weight that it's supposed to be. People come with all different, different genetics, cultures, diets, and we all want to have this conception that we're supposed to be a perfect weight. And that may not, that, that so-called perfect weight that's drummed into us through marketing is probably not who we are meant to be. But we all can be fit, and when we're fit, your body, I am convinced, will find the appropriate weight for you, your age and genetics and culture. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. Roger White, author of Slimming with Daniel, and also the firm believer that preventative actions can actually take control of heart disease risks, and in fact, in some cases, even reverse coronary artery disease if you really focus on your overall health status and staying well. You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. If you've had a success, if you found something that works for you, share it with the rest of us. Everybody could learn a little bit about what helps people to go from I have a thought to I have an intention to I have an action. And that's really what we're trying to explore today is how to go from one place to the next. Now, you mentioned the story of your brother-in-law, Brian, and how well he's doing and how he experienced this on his own. And that was really what what did it for him, was getting was, that experience and it feeling it. It was the recognition of what wellness is that so, got him hooked. Do you think a lot of people just have never felt it? And that's why they sort of get stuck in this 50% of their day not understanding or focusing on what they're doing. What what does it take for, for people who are working? Like you said, you were working, you were a single parent, you were raising a teenage daughter, you were trying to find time to do what you would tell all of your patients to do. What did it take for you to get to the point where you took a step back and made your exercise a priority? How can those of us who are still out there, you know, working all day and driving in the car a long time to get home and finally getting home and being exhausted. What do you say to someone like that? How do they follow a program? And is it only when they feel a little bit of wellness, are they going to get hooked? You know, this this to me is the million-dollar question because— well, I don't have a million dollars, <laughs> Dr. White. Do you? That, uh, you know, why do people change? You know, as a physician, as a cardiologist— the most motivated people that I had who wanted to change were those that I saw in the emergency room that were having a heart attack. They wanted to change. They wanted to change what was happening to them. 
So the scare of actually having right. heart disease made them more motivated to mm-hmm. not have any more attacks or problems. Now, that would be people who have already experienced it. Right. None of us want to have to go to the ER and have chest pain and be told you have a heart problem. How can we get on that board of change? Well, that, that's just it, is that you have to kind of focus and be aware of your life and truly ask yourself, are you really happy with what's going on? And, you know, I knew that uh, I wasn't happy and I wanted to... Um, Change it. Change it. Find what makes you unhappy and and get on board with fixing that. Yeah, and so that reducing stress through exercise was was very helpful. And uh, I'd never been a a runner in my life or anything. And to just kind of be exposed to that and kind of reinforced with a a good partner. My my wife is an exercise enthusiast. And uh, it was something we could do together. All right. Part of the program. I think I'm moving into your house, Dr. White. <laughs> Going to follow you around and do what you do and take a month off of work. It sounds awesome. All right. Well, we've got some other folks because I think a lot of what you've said so far resonates with a lot of people. And I want to get to some people who have called in who might be able to share their experience. We have Cowie from Neo Valley. Cowie, welcome to The Body Show. Hi. Hi there. Tell us about how you're doing for New Year's and what Um, your plan is. Well, there's a new program at uh, the church I attend, Calvary by the Sea Lutheran Church in Aina Haina, called Keala Ola. And it's a a wellness group that I sort of initiated because it's so important to have support in making positive changes. And I had actually looked at the Daniel plan, which I just looked up your Swimming with Daniel. I see is not related, right? Correct. Right. So I, 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 I'm I familiar at, with the Daniel plan. And, yeah. Uh, I decided that wasn't right for us. Um, we're, um, um, we're Lutheran, so we don't always like to agree with everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I really love what you're saying, what we've... Um, so we started a New Year's detox this last weekend. Um, not everybody in the group, because it's it's a holistic wellness group, and, you know, everybody at their own level. But I loved hearing you say, you know, focus on the veggies, and um, that, you know, it's not about the scale, it's not about losing weight, um, I mean, about the, the pounds and changing routines, and it's been really fun. We have a, a closed uh, Facebook page, and everybody's been sort of chiming in on, you know, what did they do, and how did that work, and um, I was prompted to do this because I had uh, an experience a couple of years ago when I got into a relationship with um, a darling man who had a very bad diet, and in the first month we were together, he lost 20 pounds. <laughs> So he followed um, what you were doing, Cowie, and found that you were probably eating a bit healthier than he was. Right. And then as when, as I was cooking, um, you know, so I, I snuck the, the first thing was I snuck some of the brown rice in with the white rice. And um, in the shoyu chicken, all of a sudden there were vegetables. And, um, you know, kind of did 
did that sort of thing, and then and then exercise. So it's it's amazing what these simple simple steps can do. Um, we ran into a friend of his at, at the airport who had dropped a hundred pounds in the last year. Wow, what did you do? Oh, I gave up white rice and went for a walk around the old airport every day. You know, it really can be that simple. Absolutely. Um, it's so encouraging to hear uh, an allopathic physician championing this really simple approach. So just wanted to thank you. Well, uh, thank you very much. You know, I, a couple of things that you said that I think are really important is, you know, I think that different churches are getting into this because there is – I'm not promoting any religion or any faith, but I think that having a support group, many people will benefit by that by just sharing knowledge with each other. And it could be your workplace. It could be your Absolutely. group of friends. It could be an exercise group. I mean, any group where you can find that positive reinforcement of these health changes that you're making. And, and that's been one of the great things with Weight Watchers for for years as a, a, a support group. And, you know, I think the one of the things with uh, support group that a faith-based thing emphasizes a little bit more is that one of the goals within the group is really to appreciate that unique body that God gave you to achieve your greatest potential. And I think that transcends most religions. And, um, you know, I think that I'm really happy to see different churches picking up their own unique plan. And I don't think that Rick Warren has a a patent on the program. It works for his group in California. My book is is different. I, I'm writing more from the perspective as a physician and just using the story as kind of an inspirational story to develop a you know some guidelines around that. But I'm a firm believer that you need more than a diet. And and having a support group and sharing ideas is a great way to go. Sounds great, Cowie. Thanks for sharing your expertise with us and what's worked for you because, you know, that's the important thing is how can we all support one another in making changes so that we don't have to get stuck taking a lot of pills. I'm the first person to say pills are an easy solution for a short term, but long term We've got to fix some lifestyle issues here. When we come right back after this quick break, we're going to talk with a couple more callers and find out what works for them as far as making changes and what else can we do to support one another. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. I'm Dr. Kathy Kozak here with Dr. Roger White, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Do you know of HPR's Jewel Box Performance Space, the Atherton Studio? Coming to this intimate stage on Saturday, January 10th, it's 20-year-old Hawaii Island slacky prodigy, Sean Robbins. Let Sean tell you why performing at the Atherton is a special coming full circle for him. Sean Robbins, January 10th at 7.30 p.m. To reserve your seats, call 955-8821 during business hours or go to hprtickets.org. Hello, I'm Bill Comerford, President of Kelly O'Neill's and O'Toole's Irish Pub. 
there's a certain pride in knowing that you know, you're providing something cultural for the community, particularly when it matches what we do. That's just like heaven. You know, it's appropriate to us and it's appropriate to the cultural uh, aspect of the uh, whole islands and it's appropriate to what we do in our bars. It's just a natural fit. I'm very happy to have it. Hawaii Public Radio, celebrating partnership, building community. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Roger White. He's a preventative cardiologist and He's working on trying to help prevent heart disease or reverse it once it's already happened. So far today, we've been talking a little bit about how that definitely is possible and how sometimes what we really need to do is focus on a little bit of a lifestyle shift to make eating better and healthier for ourselves and exercise part of our new daily routine. Now, before the break, we were hearing from Cowie in Neo Valley about the excellent group that she's become a part of and actually instigated to get everybody to support one another. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Marilyn calling in from Tantalus. Marilyn, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you doing so far? I'm doing great. Great. Nice to hear Roger. I yes, recognize the voice. Yes, Roger. It's, it's Hi. the judge. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea, Roger, that dessert that Annie cooked, the tofu, and nobody would have guessed it, was the best thing. But I really have a question, and I wonder why physicians, do they have nutrition class in medical school, and why are they not more supportive of a vegan lifestyle? I've been vegan for four years now, and some of my friends, doctors, have discouraged them from being vegans. Interesting. Why are doctors not more supportive? Well, Marilyn, I'm going to have to take myself off of your list there because about a year ago I decided to be vegetarian. Now, I haven't gone vegan because Mm -hmm. I love cheese. It's my downfall. I know. But you know what, though? I really do think that there's a lot more that we can do with diet. And, you know, we do learn nutrition in medical school, but here's the hard part. And I don't know about you, Dr. White, so you might be taken off of this list. Doctors have the worst diets ever. Are you kidding me? We are the ones that are taking 10 minutes to quick scarf down lunch as we run between room to room of patients. Or if you're in residency and training, you're always rushing to the ER, to the floors, etc. And so we fall victim to the very same things that everyone else does. And although we know what people should do nutrition-wise, we certainly are not going to be the ones that are role models of perfect example while we're super stressed at work and running around. Now, that's not to say everybody, but I do think that as we move towards better wellness, insurance companies are now covering for nutrition counseling. If you're diabetic, it's been a part of your plan for a long time. If you have high cholesterol or special nutrition challenges, insurance may cover for you to meet with a certified dietitian and go over nutrition for you. We're finally starting to pick up some of the value of learning what we really need in our bodies to eat versus what we're just doing too much of. But it's so darn seductive to just rush somewhere to get some food, eat it real quick, be full, and rush to something else. And I think one of the things, Dr. White, that you described really well is that it doesn't have to take a lot of time for Mm -hmm. people to make 
the correct foods. But it does take a commitment, and that's really one of the issues. Dr. White, how long does it take you to make your favorite vegetable dish? What is it, and how long is the preparation? Well, and when I, am I invited to come eat it? I'll use a real example. Today I, I was uh, coming in from Kapolei, uh to do this show, so I had lunch before I came, and it took me less than five minutes to make my, my lunch, which was uh, rice and vegetables, because I already had some rice cooked up. I chopped up some bok choy, put in some uh, walnuts, and put a little bit of uh, Bragg's amino acids on top of it. And yeah. it was a great lunch. And mm-hmm. so that I wasn't tempted by all the fast food places. And I actually kind of disagree a little bit uh, with uh, physicians are too busy to be healthy. I think physicians are very guilty of not walking the talk and speaking to patients to tell them what to do all the time. But the physicians need to walk the talk themselves and be role models. Two of the icons in medicine that I both met and were just really valuable uh, role models to me was one, Paul Dudley White, not a relation, but I met him when I was at Harvard. And uh, Paul Dudley White was President Eisenhower's um, cardiologist, and he believed in exercise after heart attack, radical thinking. The thinking at that time was keep people at rest. Well, Paul Dudley White was an exercise enthusiast himself. He rode his bicycle every day to Harvard. And in fact, now the bike path is named after him. Well, he was a role model. And through his example, he treated Eisenhower. And he just changed the whole concept of how we treat somebody after a heart attack. The second is... um, Kenneth Cooper in Texas, very good friend of mine. I've known Kenneth Cooper since the early 70s. Ken Cooper is now 84. He he walks his talk. He he has developed the exercise program in, in Dallas, Texas. He's treated five presidents. And basically, he was the one who invented the word aerobics, that saying that you need some regular activity every day to improve your health. Well, you know, I think physicians need to be role models for their patients. And I'm I'm hard on physicians that way because I think they are in a critical area um, to influence people. So responding to your question, Marilyn, I, w- I would agree that, you know, there's a lot of merits to vegan. I'm not a strict vegan, but uh, I like to listen to Bill Clinton now, who is one of the best vegan speakers that I've seen. And he's certainly uh, influential and uh, And he had some hard trouble. Sure, absolutely. And so— He's one of those folks that sort of realized in a critical moment it's time to change. There's no doubt that we could do more in medicine with our own training, our own exposure, and our own being role models for our patients. So— That's my feeling. I'm on the hook, Marilyn. (laughs) Trouble's brewing. I'm getting a little stink eye from Dr. White right now. 
but I think I'm going to make him make me bok choy with Bragg's amino acid stuff and come bring she, me awesome food. She's already agreed to come live with me for the next 40 days. All right, there you program. go. Okay, I'm going to live with you. Did you tell your wife? <laughs> Call her before I arrive. Okay, we've got Todd on the line from Makiki. Todd, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be talking to you, Dr. Kozak. I love your show. Well, thank you very much. And we've got my buddy, Dr. Roger White here, who's a a big proponent on how you can actually reverse your lifestyle habits and reverse some of your medical conditions. Kind of radical thinking. What do you think, Todd? Well, I was just going to kind of relate uh, stuff that worked for me. I'm not quite a, a, a saint in the area of losing weight or anything, but I'm 50 years old, I have uh, type 2 diabetes and some back problems and whatnot. But I find that uh, if, you, <clears throat> if you take stuff that's healthy to work, uh, to eat throughout the day, and it's just snack throughout the day, such as uh, nuts or uh, uh, baby tomatoes or uh, carrots and things like that, I find that that helps me just take the, the edge off my hunger and uh, just... I find that I lose weight a lot easier that way. The other thing is uh, when you exercise, so many people try to recapture the time when they were uh, high school athletes or something, and they try to be all athletic. Well, you don't have to be. It could be just an enjoyable walk, uh, but you just keep doing it every day for an hour and make it an enjoyable walk, such as uh, maybe around Kapilani Park or uh, uh, Diamond Head has some beautiful vistas, and you, you, don't, you almost don't realize you're walking after a while. I, I just want to make those comments, and uh, I'll listen to you uh, off the air. You know, I couldn't agree with you more that to prepare lunch, um, that, you know, this is one thing that my wife taught me. She prepared lunches for me while I was working at Straub with uh, uh, Kathy, and and I would be the outlier eating my 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 lunch, and people would want to know what I was eating. And yeah, what were you eating, Dr. And, and very healthy food. It was great. And so we just don't prepare lunch enough. But when I more recently was working at a different uh, job right downtown, there's this frenzy in downtown Honolulu around noon where everybody goes out looking for food at fast food restaurants in the downtown area. You know, and just bringing your own lunch gets around a lot of things. The second point you make is just do what you can and and uh, you know I would you know in the next forty days, one thing that almost everybody can do a simple formula to health is sign up for the great Aloha run, which is forty days from now, and you can walk it you don't have to run it, but it's and think of it as as the first of many. And it's it's a it's a baseline for you, but just just practice for it by taking a walk every day for an hour. And the second thing I would say is, in the next forty days, uh, give up soda drinking or even give up beer and alcohol, um, and just drink water with your meals. See if that helps. And and you know, third, you don't have to become vegan, but just don't have a negative attitude towards vegetables that try to make one meal a day, either lunch or dinner, vegetarian. And just 
try to make your food less calorie-dense. And just the simple things of getting on track is what I would recommend. Thanks. Thank you very much for your comments. All right. We've got time for one more quick caller. Eve has been so patient on the line. Eve from Waikiki, hearing about all sorts of different things we can do, take some simple steps now. What can we do for you today, Eve? Hi, I'm Roger. <laughs> Another, Another one of your familiar fan voice. Club. Okay. <laughs> I love your book. I do want to say a couple of things that I want to share that worked for me. And one of them is that's really big is to integrate exercise not as a separate thing. It's something I learned in Europe uh, when I spent time. I walked to the grocery store. I walk more than I drive, more than I take the bus. I have a senior bus pass. I just walk. I walk to Ala Moana. I walk back. I think about places to go, what I need, and so I incorporate walking into everything I do. And now I also go to the gym for an hour every morning on top of it. But when you work the movement into your whole day, it really makes a difference. All right, Eve. So making it part of your everyday transport is another way to get that activity in and forget you're doing it because you're going there for a purpose. You're going there for a purpose, and that way... You just stay with it. And when I came back from Europe, I just said, I'm going to do the same thing here. And and the next thing, and, and I lost a lot of weight at, over a slow period of time, and it really started with loving myself and not saying, oh, when I get skinny, I'll wear this. When I, you know, I'm not beautiful now, but just embracing really who I am and what I am And when you start to love yourself, you start wanting to do better things, making better food choices, um, doing the exercising and feeling really good. I think that's a really important piece because it keeps you going over the long haul. Oh, Eve, that's fantastic that you're sharing that with us. Dr. White, we have just a few more seconds in the show. You've kind of encapsulated for you what else that people may want to do. We've got about 15 seconds left or so. Just just remember, wellness is not a cure. It's a journey. And, you know, whether your journey just begins with one step or 10,000 steps, just remember who you are. Don't be defined by illness. Love yourself. Sign up for the Great Aloha Run as per Carol Kai. And eat a few more veggies. Drink water. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. White, for sharing your expertise with us on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear this again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org. Our engineer is David Chong, executive producer Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week right here at 5 on The Body Show.